Good morning, everyone. I'm going to thank Keith for uh, doing my intro so the first page is out. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, but like we were speaking about, um, we're joining up with over 300 churches in the DFW area to focus with 50 days on evangelism and disciple making. Now, we're not saying that those are the only 50 days that we're going to be doing this. But this is something that we're going to be focusing on that, especially during this time. And we're praying for revival to take place in, Dal- in Texas, and specifically with us in the Dallas area. And we know that if God is going to do something, he wants to use his church to do it. Does he have to? No, but he wants to use his church to do it. So we're really excited about that. Um, like I said, or like Keith said, we've been preparing for this. He spoke a couple of weeks on evangelism, and today we're going to be speaking about discipleship. And like he said, this is a great passion of mine. So if I go on for two hours, are you guys okay with that? Come on. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just an hour and a half. Anyway, so, um, anyway, so um, the, 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 the title I've given this is Discipleship, the Mission of the Church. And instead of me unpacking that now, we're just going to get into that. Um, and the big idea is that God has called commissioned, or oh, I forgot the ED there, God has called, commissioned, and empowered his church to continue his mission. Um, G- we know that Jesus died, he rose again, he spent 40 days with the disciples, and after that he was about to ascend up to heaven, and he spoke to the disciples, and he gave his, it was the last thing that he was going to say to the disciples. So we know that it was something important. I know when I was about eight years old, for some reason, I don't know if my dad was always thinking about his death. But thank God he's still alive. But he used to come up to me. He, my dad calls me Papi. He used to be, Papi, come over here. And he would say, if I die today, and I would start crying as an eight-year-old, I think my dad is passing away. But he would give me instruction. He would tell me, I want you to listen to your mother. She's a good mother. She's the best. You need to listen to her. And you got to stop fighting with your brother. You guys are the only two brothers. It was before my sister was born. You guys are only two brothers. You guys need to work together. I want you to go to school. I want you to be somebody. And he used to give me these, this charge and this information. The, most, the things that were most important to him, he said to me, he wasn't about to die, but he was thinking about it. If I was going to die, what do I want to tell my son? And in the same way, Jesus, before he ascended, he was saying, what are the last things that I want to tell my disciples? And we as a church traditionally call this the Great Commission. The word commission is an authorization or command to perform prescribed acts, a charge, a authority to act for in behalf of or in place of another, a matter entrusted to one as an agent for another. So there's a commissioner and there's a commissioned. In this case, Jesus is the commissioner. We are the commissioned. And the commissioner has authority and he entrusts this authority to the commissioned. He entrusts them. He commands them. And he gives them a mission for, uh, for the commissioned to behave or act on behalf of him. It's like if let's say I tell Mariah, I want you to go tell Michaela that she needs to go take a bath. I have the authority to tell her to take a bath. When Mariah goes to Michaela, she's coming in my authority. So Michaela needs to understand that she's not coming on her in her own name. She's coming in my name. So what should she do? She needs to take a bath or she's going to get, be in trouble, right? So anyway, so let's read the, 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 the Great Commission. Matthew twenty nine eighteen says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. 
Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you to the end of the age. We know that the Bible teaches that we are the body of Christ. He is the head. He is the one that has the authority and he's commissioning to go in his authority and, and, and uh, on his behalf. And we also see another time where the Bible refers to this same scene, and it's in Acts chapter 1. And he says, Jesus says that the Holy Spirit will empower us to be witnesses. So not only does he tell us what to do, he is empowering us to do it. We do not do it in our own strength, but we do it in his. And the command is what? To go make disciples. Was the command, I want you guys to make some buildings. Put some crosses on them. I want you to serve some coffee, um, sing a couple of songs, and speak to people. And, and, and one, one person is going to be in the front speaking, and you're going to check that off the list for that week. Say, I went to church Sunday, and that's it until next Sunday. Was that the command that Jesus gave? No, he said to go make disciples. Now, we use this as the way that we make disciples. But this wasn't the, the command of Jesus. What I'm trying to say is that going to church... You know, like we use that expression, is not what Jesus called us to do. He called us to go make disciples, which is more than that. And we'll get into that a little bit more later on. Or in the Greek, it can also be read, as you go, make disciples. So as you, as you go, as you live your life, as you grow up, as you work, as you bring up your family, as you go to soccer games, as you do all these things in your life, our calling is to make disciples. We are disciples of Christ. And we are sent by Christ to go make disciples. And the Great Commission, Commission also says of all nations. When we're talking about the church, we're talking about the global body of Christ. We're talking about everyone that has given their life to Christ, that, that has trusted in Christ for their salvation and repented of their sins. This is the body of Christ. All of us. So, you know, we are, they are, there is a place where people go out from different countries and go make disciples, but they are to establish churches there so that those churches can make disciples of those nations. So it's about uh, all the world, the global church. And it says baptizing them. Um, it says baptizing, and, and the, the term baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son refers to leading them to salvation. So we become part of the church when we respond to the gospel, like I said. And these are the people that 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 have that have uh, that are part of the church. Uh, we've said before on, on different occasions that the church is not necessarily a building, but that we are the church. The people are the church. We are the body of Christ, and we are to go out and to make disciples. And like we've been speaking about evangelism, we've been evangelism is going out to preach the gospel. So when it comes to disciple discipling, what's the first step of that? Is evangelizing. The way that we go out to make disciples is the first thing that we have to go and preach the gospel to people. And verse 20 says, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, teaching who Jesus is, teaching who his wor- what his word says, and teaching everything that he taught, and also teaching them to live the way that Jesus taught us to live. So it's not enough just to know about Jesus. A disciple must follow Jesus and live like Jesus. So, you know, we're speaking about the word disciple. What does the word disciple mean? The word disciple... uh, The word disciple is a student, a learner, an apprentice, someone who adheres to the teaching of another. Just like if, let's say, there was a master plumber 
and he was training other plumbers. He would sit down and teach them about plumbing, teach them about laying down pipes, teach them about, uh, you know, just different things that plumbers do. And, and not only would he teach them about them, he would actually model it for them. He would go and he would lay pipes in front of them and he would say, okay, now you do it. So, so being a, a, a disciple is learning from someone and that discipler is going to be showing them just like Jesus did with his disciples. He didn't only tell them what to do. They saw what he did and they followed him and did exactly what he did. So it's similar to, to Batman and Robin. If you guys don't know the story, Dick Grayson, who's Robin, well, his parents died and he became an orphan just like Batman. So what did Batman do? Batman took him. He brought him into his house. He brought him into his family. And then now after that, he became Robin. And when we think of Robin, who do we think of? We think of Batman. We hardly think of Robin without thinking about Batman. You know why? Because <laughs> Robin, he became like Batman. He took on his mission. He identified himself with him. And what does Batman do? He fights crime. Now Robin fights crime too. And the same thing with, with Lone Ranger and Tonto, for, you, for older folks. <laughs> and for your younger folks, it's the same thing as Gru and the Minions, right? Gru was evil. He taught his minions to be evil. I don't know where they got their funniness from because he's not that funny. But anyway, so we see what, what the whole point is that, that discipleship is about identifying yourself with someone and being like someone. And in our case, who is the one that we identify ourselves with? Jesus. We are his disciples. So in order for us to be his disciples, we need to know him, right? It's impossible for us, impossible for us to follow someone that we don't know. And if, if you really think about it, the word disciple is the same thing as the word Christian. I know that we overuse and use that term very loosely here these days. We call a Christian a person that goes to a Christian church. But I've said before, we could spend a lot of time in a garage that doesn't make us a car, right? So... A Christian is a disciple. The word Christian means a follower of Christ. So when you follow someone, it's not about that you're walking behind them. It's that you're becoming like, like them. You follow them in who they are. So a Christian and a disciple, those two words should actually be used interchangeably. But like I said, we use that term very loosely these days. And I think that Pastor Mike said it best. And I was sitting in on the uh, baptism class a couple of weeks ago. And he said... The criteria to help people determine whether they have a real saving relationship with Christ. Number one, have you consciously trusted Christ as your Savior? Have you recognized that you're a sinner, that you are in debt, that you are spiritually bankrupt, and put your faith in Christ for your salvation? That's the first, uh, the first question. The second one is, are you consciously following Christ as Lord? The word Lord means master. And when I used to watch kung fu movies and, uh, when I was growing up, the, all, the, all the students, they used to walk around. They used to call the teacher, hey, master. Oh, that's, that's the overdubbing. I'm sorry. But they used, to, they used to call their teacher master because they were identifying themselves with their master. They were becoming like the master. The master's fingerprints were all over them. And it's the same thing with Jesus. So are we consciously trust have we consciously trusted Jesus as our savior and are we consciously following Jesus as lord if the answer is no to any of those two questions then we have uh, we we can ask ourselves and we have a uh, it, it, we it, we would do well by asking ourselves if we are really a christian and when i say that i'm not saying hey you're not a christian get away from us i'm saying that that's an invitation for you to speak to me 
to speak to one of the leaders. If there's, I, I want that to be a challenge for us. I a quote from a book uh, called Multiply by uh, Francis Chan and David Platt. It's impossible to be a disciple or a follower of someone and not end up like that person. That is the whole point of being a disciple of Jesus. We imitate him, carry on his ministry, and become like him in the process. Yet somehow, many have come to believe that a person can be a Christian without being like Christ. A follower who doesn't follow. How does that make any sense? Many people in the church have decided to take on the name of Christ and nothing else. This would be like Jesus walking up to those first disciples and saying, Hey, would you guys mind identifying yourselves with me in some way? Don't worry. I don't actually care if you do anything I do or change your lifestyle at all. I'm just looking for people who are willing to say they believe in me and call themselves Christians. Seriously? No one can really believe that that is all it means to be a Christian. But then why do so many people live this way? It appears that we've lost sight of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. That's some deep stuff right there. And unfortunately, within our, our I mean, I'm, I'm from New York. You know, it's not, <laughs> I'm from, if you didn't hear my acting, let me just say coffee and then you guys know that. From there. <laughs> so I'm from New York and it, it's a different culture out there. It's like, you know who are the Christians because the people that are not the Christians, they don't make believe they are. Here is different. Everybody calls himself a Christian. And it's funny, like when you meet someone and all of a sudden you let them know that you're a Christian or whatever, it comes up. You know, they totally change their language. Everybody knows the lingo. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, I was praying this morning, Ann. You know what I'm saying? It just changes. So since, since, since going to church is such a cultural thing here, we have a lot of fugazis walking around there. That's the, that's, that means fake. So in the town. So anyway, but you know, but anyway, so we have a lot of people and, and, and I'm not, I'm not angry at them. I'm sad for them because we have taught them. We have allowed people to believe that they have really given their life to Christ just because they go to church when it's not that way. And we're going to get a little deeper into that. So, um, and Luke 14, uh, Luke 14, 25 says like now great crowds accompanied him. And he turned and said to them, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Those are some hard words to understand, but I want to explain that Jesus was speaking in hyperbole here. He was exaggerating to drive home a point. Was it a lie? No, an exaggeration. In other words, Christ is to be number one in our lives. Christ is to be the, the foundation, the centerpiece. You know, we're, we're, it, it's almost like a lot of times, you know, I think about a pie graph. And people talk about what's important to them. Oh, 30% family, 20% work, 25% Jesus. No, it doesn't work that way. Jesus doesn't become part of our life. He becomes our life. And our life becomes about him. When we become disciples of Christ, he becomes the center of our lives. He's not a piece. He's not a part. He's everything to us. So when this Bible, the Bible's talking about that we must hate father and mother, like I said, he's talking about Jesus becoming the most important thing in our life. And the greatest thing is when he becomes the foundation or number one, everything just lines up. Then, you know, our, our wives or husbands come next, our children, you know. And so it, it, when, when you put Jesus first, everything falls into its proper order, its proper uh, 
I don't know what the word I'm thinking about, but order. That's a good word. So anyway, so um, even, and then it says about bearing your cross, taking up your cross to follow him. Throughout the years, I've seen so many people misuse this term. They talk about, oh, um, I have this big pain on my back and it doesn't go away, but this is my cross to bear. That's not what Jesus is talking about here. He's talking about dying to yourself to live for him. Romans 12.1 says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. The call to be a disciple is to not live for yourself anymore, but to live for Christ. The call to be a disciple slash Christian is a call to be like Jesus. Is a call not only to be in the way he lived, but also to, con- to continue his mission, to be passionate about what he's passionate about. And what was he passionate about? Jesus was, a pa- was passionate about being born, about living totally perfect for us, and dying on our behalf, like Pastor Mike was speaking about, and resurrecting. Jesus was passionate about dying for you. Now, I'm not saying I have to die for you, but the, the way that we are passionate about it is that we preach the same message. We preach his, his, him being born. We preach his life. We, tra- we preach his death. We preach his resurrection. This is the message that we call the gospel. Just like Pastor Mike was speaking about, that he died on our behalf. He is perfect. We are not. We don't deserve God. So he has given us his righteousness. When we come to him, recognize that we are sinners and putting our faith in him for our salvation and repent of our sins and come to him, that's when we become born again. That's when we begin part of the church, part of the body of Christ. And what happens from there, God starts to work inside. The Spirit of God is born inside of us. God starts to mold us into the image of Jesus Christ. We become more and more like Jesus in the process. So the truth is, I mean, there's a lot of changes that that, that take place and God starts dealing with us. I'm not talking about us being perfect because none of us are. I would say that the, the process of becoming like Jesus is a process, but there needs to be progress in that process. And if there's no progress, again, this is not pointing a finger. This is saying, hey, let's have some conversations. Let's talk about this. How can we help you to progress and to grow in this walk of, 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 of that, that we are all on, basically? So a disciple of Jesus is a worshiper, is a servant, and a witness. He's a worshiper because he reflects to him the radiance of his worth. He reflects to him his glory. A servant because he serves not only Christ, but he serves others. And he's a witness because he is always on mission to spread the gospel. Always on mission to be a witness of who Christ is. So we make disciples not only because he called us to, but we make disciples because he did it. And we are following him and we want to be like Jesus. So whatever Jesus did, let's do that also. And our spiritual growth is determined by how much we look like Jesus. We need to look back in our lives and say, man, two months ago, yeah, I I look a little more like Jesus now. A year ago, I look a little more like Jesus now. Two years ago, I look a lot more like Jesus now. And if we don't, like I said, this is not a a thing that I'm trying to push people. I'm saying, hey, let's have conversations about this. Let's get together and let's talk about it. That's what the body of Christ is here for. So uh, discipleship is not necessarily something that the church does, but it is... uh, the instrument that God uses for discipleship, um, um, for his mission. So it's, it's not something that we do. It's something that we are, basically. 
His mission is to go and to, to bring salvation to the world, and he uses us to do that. The church is who he uses to, to fulfill his mission. So our mission is to make disciples. And um, there's a quote by a man named Emil Brunner, and he said, The church exists by mission as fire exists by burning. If there's a fire and it stops burning, is it still a fire? No, it's not a fire anymore. So if there's a church and we are not on mission to go make disciples, guess what? Then we're not a church anymore. We're a social club. We're a bunch of people that have common interests and get together maybe once or twice a week, talk about it, and then we leave and nothing happens. That's not what God has called the church to be. We are a missional church. We are not a social club. So, um, so everything that we do here at CCI Garland is all about making disciples. Our Sunday services, our Wednesday night services, uh, when we go out there and do evangelism, when we pray together, when we worship, when we teach the word, when we make coffee, when we clean the church, everything is for the goal of making disciples. Everything that we do is about making disciples. And God has called leadership to equip us for this. Uh, Ephesians 4 Verse 11 says, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists and shepherds or pastors and teachers. Now, without getting into another teaching, we're just going to call these people the leaders. All right. So the leaders he has given us. Why? To equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. And who are the saints? We are the saints, because according to the word of God, we've been made holy by the blood of Jesus. And what, what are we um, and, and what are they equipping us for? They are equipping us for, for, the, for the work of ministry. So does it say they equip other people that are called past, to be pastors? No. He's talking about every single one of us. The work of ministry. So do we all have ministry? Yes. We'll talk more about that later, though. But they're building us up so that we can grow in our relationship with God, but they're also supposed to be building us up for ministry. Verse 13 says, Until we attain in the unity of the faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God, a mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And the New Living Translation says measuring up to the fullness and complete standard of Christ. Like I said, this is about growing up. This is about maturing in the Lord because our spiritual growth is seen by how much we look like Jesus. So they are to help us to grow in maturity, in faith, in knowledge, and obedience, looking more and more like Jesus all the time. Jesus is the standard, and he's the one that we look to, and, and, and leadership builds us up to be like Jesus. Verse 14 says, So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. They are also to instruct us about doctrine. What is it that the word of God teaches us about God? Where do we get our beliefs from God? Do we get our beliefs from God from Oprah? Do we get our beliefs from God from Grandma? Do we get our beliefs from God um, by movies and, and songs and stuff like that? See, I didn't grow up in church. So when I was growing up, my belief in God came from everything I was hearing because I had nothing to stand on. My parents weren't Christians. They didn't teach me the word of God. The only time I would go to church is when I got in trouble. And my mom wouldn't even come with me. She would just say, you're going to church on Sunday. <laughs> and she would send her off without, without her. Anyway, but, you know, so I didn't have anything to, to, to grab on. So, so how is it that we know who God is? We know God through his word. We don't get our beliefs by any, anything else. 
except what his word, what Jesus and what God tells us about them, about them in, inside the, in the word of God. What is it that we know from the word? So leadership is supposed to instruct us because there's a lot of false things about God up there, out there, and we're supposed to know who God is. And not only that, as we know God through his word, we can be a better witness to others. How can we go out there and talk about God if we don't know about him? You know, and like I said, there's a process here. There's a progress here. You know, we want, you know, we understand that not everybody has the same amount of knowledge, but let's all grow together in doing that. Verse 15 says, rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. Again, speaking about truth and growing up in Christ. He is the head. We are the body. And Jesus does his work through us. Verse 16 says, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. This describes what the church is supposed to look like. This, this, this is exactly the culture that we are establishing here in CCI Garland, where everybody is working together, building each other up in love. And the leadership in the discipling church focuses on leading us in knowing God, in growing in God, maturity, in unity, being unified with one mission, one purpose, and also in love, also serving one another. And equipping the saints for ministry. Why? Because when we look over there and we see that it's knowing Jesus, loving people, and impacting the world, that is what we're called to do. Like I said before, equipping us for ministry. In, in, uh, in 2 Corinthians 5.18, and I believe Pastor Michael read this last week during uh, communion, it says, All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. What is that? That's the gospel. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. We go on behalf of Christ and we represent Christ wherever we go. As though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. As we go and preach the gospel, we are asking people, we, we are begging people, come Come, be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. So this is what God has called us for. So he has entrusted his church. He's given us the authority. He has given us the responsibility and empowered us to continue what his mission was. I know I said that like five times, but I'm going to say it maybe two more. Just to make sure we get it. <laughs> and if I don't say it once, remind me. No, but anyway, so a discipling community. In the discipling community, we are all gifted. God has given us all gifts to use so that the body of Christ can grow. It says here um, in verse 16, again, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. When each part is working properly. You know, that means that each of us has a part. When we have a body, we said that Jesus is the head. We have elbows, we have knees, we have feet, we have thighs. We have, we have different parts. Everybody has a different function. But when one of our, our body parts is not working properly, properly then we're we're on we're not whole you know i'm saying there's something missing so guess what every single one of us is important in this body (laughs) yeah i remember i was there was once i was teaching on on uh on uh, spiritual gifts and it was funny i broke my toe like a couple days before i taught it and i was really able to understand how the smallest part could affect how whole i was 
It was my little toe. So anyway, but so, you know, so basically God has called us up. So guess what? You guys are responsible to help me grow. I'm responsible to help you grow. He's responsible to help her grow. She's responsible to help. You know what I'm saying? That's what the body is. So you know what? I want you to help me grow. I want you to help my wife grow. I want you to help my two little girls grow. I want you to help every single person that I invite to this place that becomes a part of our community. I want you to help them grow because that is what the body of Christ is all about. When each, part, when each person takes their part and their place and serves each other, we will all grow together. And this is what the, the discipleship community is all about. We are all to use our gifts to build each other up in the Lord. So a discipleship community is based, number one, on Christ, on Jesus, main thing. It's based on the gospel, the good news of Christ. And the gospel is not only for the unsaved. The gospel is maintenance for our soul. We need to continue to preach the gospel to ourselves and remind us of what Christ did for us. A discipleship community is focused on love, loving each other, also serving each other. And also is focused on growing with each other, growing all together. And I, I actually looked up, like, what are the, the main uh, excuses for not uh, making disciples? And the funniest thing, they were exactly the same as, as, as Keith had uh, mentioned last week on why people don't evangelize. You know, uh, what, one of them was that, that they think that discipleship is only for the leaders. It's not something for the whole body. A lot of people said it's because of time. A lot of people say that they felt they were inaccurate, inadequate or that they were not perfect. And, and this, these, these are legit reasons, but what should we do about those things? Let's grow. Let's do something about it. If you feel inadequate, then get prepared. And always understanding this, at the end of the day, all of us are inadequate. We can only do it and we are only effective because we go in the power of the Holy Spirit and because God has commissioned us to do it. So God, it's not you doing it. You cannot save anybody. It is God doing it through us. And it's about us making ourselves available. And I, and I, can, I can testify that there's some times that I make myself available for stuff that I have no idea what I'm going to do. But I have learned to trust God that he's going to use me to do something. And God has done great things, not because of me. I just said, okay, you know. But God has done great things in people's lives because I've made myself available. And that's the type of guy that we serve. So it's not only, he's not only my God. He can do the same thing through you also. You know? We have to be crazy enough to believe that if God wants to do something, that he can use us to do it. All right? So when we talking, we're talking about this, we're talking about the body of different parts. We're talking about that our mission, knowing Jesus, loving people, and impacting the world, world, that's about making disciples. So how do we respond to this? Number one, become a disciple. Be a disciple. We described already what that means. A person that follows Jesus. It's more than just coming to this place two times a week. It's great, and we want people to come here, but it's more than that. Embrace the mission of Jesus and allow him to use you. Be intentional about your spiritual growth. Growth doesn't happen by accident. Number two, Invite people. Keith was speaking last week about the invitation. Invite people. You know, at, at, at least that. You know, that, that's like a, you know, a, a beginner's thing. But just invite people to church. 
Because when they come here, whether it's through the preaching, whether it's through when we do a time of communion, whether it's through the worship, they are going to hear the gospel. And we're praying that they become disciples in the process. Also, sharing the gospel. Prepare yourself to go and to be able to preach the gospel. It's great to bring people in here. It's great. But how much more impact do we have when we go and we meet them where they are? When we are going and preaching the gospel to them, when we are going and discipling them. And of course, we do want them to become part of the body of Christ. But but we can have more of an impact when we prepare ourselves to go and to do what Jesus has called us to do. Look at your sphere of influence, your job, your family, your friends, your neighbors. Wherever you, wherever you live, with the things that you do in your every, everyday life, like I said, you know, as you go, make disciples. As you live your life. We are the church. We are the body of Christ. So let's go do that. And also, we do outreaches. And, and Keith, every Saturday morning, is going to the neighborhood, whether it's knocking on doors or meeting with people. Go. Do that. And it, yeah, it can be a scary thing. It can be. But you know what? It's about us learning to trust God to use us. So let's do that. And also, we were talking about the discipleship community. One way that we can respond is to find your place in the body of Christ and serve. To be honest, there's nothing special about leaders. They're not any different than you. They have just found their place and they're serving there. And like we have different body parts, like I said. Not, not everybody's a, 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 a fist. Not everybody's a knee. But we have different body parts. But when we all work together, I guarantee that we will all grow together. And this is what God has called us to, to make disciples, whether it's in this physical building where we're doing this or whether we're going out there to do it. And that should be the goal for all of us to be able to do that. God has commissioned all of us to make disciples. This is not something that just the leaders do. God has committed, commissioned all of us as his body, as his church to do it. A disciple is someone who follows Jesus. We cannot be a follower of Jesus and not look like Jesus. The church is a discipling community. This is a place our goal is to make disciples. And we are built up to help each other up to grow. Like I said, find your place and serve there. We are to invite people into this community. We are to go out there and bring people to us. We are to grow the church. God fulfills his mission through us. That's the way he's called it to be. And like I said before, you know, we're all in the process. We're all going towards the same place. And if, if you see someone that's a little ahead of you, then hold on to them. The, the Bible, uh, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And I also, you know, speak for myself and I'm sure for the leadership. If there's, if, if there's, a, if you have a desire to grow, come talk to somebody. Go talk to somebody. Look at the people and see the people that you feel like represent Christ in your life that's here. And go talk to them. If, and and I, I, I believe that since we're a community that wants to make disciples, then they will spend time with you and help you. Let, let's all grow together, basically. Let's love each other. Let's look towards Jesus and let's all.